everyone. You're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, everyone. Welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here with Chelsea, and today we are joined by Lindsay Lotzball, and we are jumping into Deuteronomy. So we're pretty excited about that. Yes, hey, we guys. Are. Yep. This is yeah. exciting. <laughs> so as we uh, did the reading um, and kind of just what we, what we usually do is we do the reading and then pause and talk about what we want to talk about. Um, it's very obvious that Lindsay has like a lot of experience with the book of Deuteronomy. So we thought it'd be like, is it, no, no, we're not allowed to say that. <laughs> it's on my resume. It's on. It, she, she's got it there right under her headshot. Um, so it, it would actually be great just to have you like explain a little bit of like, what are we dealing here with the book of Deuteronomy as we go into this thing? Yeah. yeah I really love the book of Deuteronomy and hope that everyone listening loves it when they're done. We'll cultivate a love for Deuteronomy. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so Deuteronomy is a great book. Um, and the word Deuteronomy actually means second law. It comes from actually a Greek word. So they named it Deuteronomy like later, <laughs> later, after many empires had risen and fallen. Moses wasn't like the book of Deuteronomy. No, Moses didn't speak Greek yet. <laughs> Moses invented Greek as part of this. He's like, I think they're going to need this That's someday. chapter 27, the invention of Greek. No. Um, yeah, so, they, so it's called Deuteronomy because it's second law, and it's just a second retelling of the law that God had given to Moses for the nation of Israel. And so the reason for that is because we're now zooming through history, actually. So we have at the... Um, Beginning, you have Exodus, the nation of Israel, they come out of Egypt. And when they come out of Egypt, they're all raring to go, but then they actually get stuck at Mount Sinai for about a year in which they're getting the, wait for it, first law. Oh. <laughs> oh is that yeah. in Greek? <laughs> what is that in Greek? First Deuteronomy. <laughs> first Deuteronomy. <laughs> when you have two, it's do. Do. Deuteronomy. All right. Thanks, there guys. Thanks I think, for I, teaching I, me. I, actually, I don't know. <laughs> Add that to your profile, your resume. Pre-Deuteronomy? <laughs> so, yeah, so they they get they get the law. The first telling, this is the first time they're hearing the law. And then after a year at Mount Sinai, then they go out into the wilderness and they start their wanderings for about 40 years. Not because they're lost, but because they were disobedient. They were in timeout for 40 years in the wilderness. Kind of, they were hedged in. They're trying to get into the land, but God's saying, not yet, because you're disobedient people and I'm not going to let this generation go into the land. So that generation lives in the wilderness and dies in the wilderness, and now you have their children. The children that came out of Egypt are the ones who are going to go in. So now they are at the Jordan. After this 40 years of wandering, they're at the Jordan, they're sitting there, and Moses is still their leader, but he's not going to go in with them because of what you're going to hear now, he's going to re- retell some of that story. But right. as you've already heard, he disobeyed. God said, you're not going in. And so he's taking some time to re-catch up this generation and make sure they understand how they got here, what the law is, and just remind them of the law and give them some parting words. So that's what mm-hmm. this book is. Mm-hmm. It's chapters 1 through 11. This is how we got to this point. Mm-hmm. And then chapters 12 through 26, he's going to re communicate the law, and then chapters 27 through 
34. How many chapters are in I don't know. I'm just nodding like, I I believe everything you're saying. And then (laughs) the very end of the book, you're going to see Moses going to come back in and he's going to give his parting words, his farewell address. Makes me so sad. It is. We're coming to the end of Moses. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) So, so yeah, he's catching them up because imagine these kids might actually not be a little unclear. And so these are actually important details if you're thinking. Uh, A lot of these, you know, this is why the two and a half tribes are going to be east of the Jordan River. You're going to hear in this text, you know, and this, but they agree that they're still going to go into the land and help conquer Mm -hmm. it before they can go settle back east of the Jordan. This is who this person is. This is why that happened. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a lot. So to catch up like, oh, okay, get some context. This is how we got here. And this is what is going on. Yeah. So the recipients of this are the second is the second generation of yeah, Israelites. It's the kids. I have to wonder if Moses, when he found out he wasn't going in the promised land, I'm kind of like, oh, poor Moses. I wonder if he was a little relieved that he was just like, he's 120 years old now. I'm he's tired. probably just like, <laughs> I'm ready to go up that mountain and die. <laughs> I think it's actually. I was. This might be dumb. You're allowed to think I'm dumb, but um, <laughs> I was thinking when you were talking, like it's actually kind of cool that Moses didn't just like rage quit. Like, oh, I can't go. Forget you. See you later. <laughs> Yeah. Like he actually like really does steward his responsibility of the as the leader, really with no reward. I mean, like other than his relationship with God and what God has like put, like the responsibility God has given him. Like I, he's I gonna think steward he, this very well. I think he had acceptance. Yeah. That yeah. this is my role, mm-hmm. that this is what God is allowing me to do and calling me to do. It's not to go into the promised land. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna do this really well. And because he, think of all that he already did. I mean, yeah. he, put oh, like, he put up a lot. He put up a lot. And then like, he so released tired. the Israelites from Egypt. Like that's that's <laughs> that's a role in itself that he no could just small be done. task. <laughs> and I, I think he's doing sometimes what especially in Western culture, what we kind of brush aside is he's a carrier of the history and it's that cliche that those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it so he's making sure they understand this is why your parents got stuck in the wilderness this mm-hmm. is why this happened this is it was god's when you succeeded you, there's some beautiful passages he says that when they succeeded and came out of egypt it wasn't because of your greatness or your parents' greatness, it was because of God's greatness, Mm -hmm. that he carried them like a son carries his father. It says in chapter one, Mm -hmm. a son carries his father, so God carried you and brought you out of Egypt. He wanted them very clear. Don't repeat the mistakes of your parents, but that's not the whole story, because just because they committed mistakes doesn't mean like, oh, what a bummer, because God is still faithful in the midst of your mistakes. So mm-hmm. you can count on that as you go into the future. Yeah. And I think in the one passage along those lines, he talks about, like, the Lord took care of your every need. He wasn't, like, sentencing them to the wilderness yeah. and then stepping back and saying, like, good luck. Mm-hmm. He actually kept taking care of them, which is pretty amazing. There's, like, compassion in their judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Just like And just like a parent. Like, if I discipline my child, it's not because I'm not, like— Disciplining them and them saying, forget you, like, or <laughs> yep. I'm leaving you in timeout forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to let you suffer so you'll learn your lesson. Right. I still love them. I still take care of them. And you just see God's grace and compassion over and over again against these people. <laughs> hey, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening today. We're so excited to walk through the book of Deuteronomy. If you have any questions, please let us know. Leave us comments on social media or send us direct messages. We'd love to help you as you're walking this journey to reading God's whole story. Um, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Deuteronomy 1, beginning in verse 1. 
These are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. They were camped in the Jordan Valley near Seph, between Paran on one side and Tuffel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizab on the other. Normally it takes only 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. This took place after he had defeated King Sion of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon, and at Edrai had defeated King Og of Bashan, who ruled in Ashtaroth. While the Israelites were in the land of Moab, east of the Jordan River, Moses carefully explained the Lord's instructions as follows. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, and the western foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Look, I am giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it, for it is the land the Lord swore to give to our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and to all their descendants. Moses continued, At that time I told you, you are too great a burden for me to carry all by myself. The Lord your God has increased your population, making you as numerous as the stars. And may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more and bless you as he promised. But you are such a heavy load to carry. How can I deal with all your problems and bickering? Choose some well-respected men from each tribe who are known for their wisdom and understanding, and I will appoint them as your leaders." Then you responded, your plan is a good one. So I took the wise and respected men you had selected from your tribes and appointed them to serve as judges and officials over you. Some are responsible for a thousand people, some for a hundred, some for fifty, and some for ten. At that time, I instructed the judges, you must hear the cases of your fellow Israelites and the foreigners living among you. Be perfectly fair in your decisions and impartial in your judgments. Hear the cases of those who are poor, as well as those who are rich. Don't be afraid of anyone's anger, for the decision you make is God's decision. Bring me any cases that are too difficult for you, and I will handle them. At that time, I gave you instructions about everything you were to do. Then, just as the Lord our God commanded us, we left Sinai and traveled through the great and terrifying wilderness, as you yourselves remember, and headed toward the hill country of the Amorites. When we arrived at Kadesh Barnea, I said to you, you have now reached the hill country of the Amorites that the Lord our God is giving us. Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But you all came to me and said, First, let's send scouts to explore the land for us. They will advise us on the best route to take and which towns we should enter. This seemed like a good idea to me, so I chose 12 scouts, one from each of your tribes, and they headed for the hill country and came to the valley of Eshkol and explored it. They picked some of its fruits and brought it back to us, and they reported, The land the Lord our God has given us is indeed a good land. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to go in. You complained in your tents and said, The Lord must hate us. That's why he brought us here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Where can we go? Our brothers have demoralized us with their report. They tell us the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are, and their towns are large, with walls rising high into the sky. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you, just as you saw him do in Egypt. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place. But even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God, who goes before you looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. 
when the Lord heard your complaining, he became very angry. So he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land I swore to give to your ancestors, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He will see this land because he followed the Lord completely. I will give to him and his descendants some of the very land he explored during the scouting mission. And the Lord was also angry with me because of you. He said to me, Moses, not even you will enter the promised land. Instead, your assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, will lead the people into the land. Encourage him, for he will lead Israel as they take possession of it. I will give the land to your little ones, your innocent children. You are afraid they would be captured, but they will be the ones who occupy it. As for you, turn around now and go back through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Then you confess, we have sinned against the Lord. We will go into the land and fight for it as the Lord our God has commanded us. So your men strapped on their weapons, thinking it would be easy to attack the hill country. But the Lord told me to tell you, do not attack for I am not with you. If you go ahead on your own, you'll be crushed by your enemies. This is what I told you, but you would not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the Lord's command and arrogantly went into the hill country to fight. They chased and battered you all the way from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but he refused to listen. So you stayed there at Kadesh for a long time. Then we turned around and headed back across the wilderness toward the Red Sea, just as the Lord had instructed me. We wandered around in the region of Mount Seir for a long time. Then at last the Lord said to me, You have been wandering around in the hill country long enough. Turn to the north. Give these orders to the people. You will pass through the country belonging to your relatives, the Edomites, the descendants of Esau who live in Seir. The Edomites will feel threatened, so be careful. Don't bother them, for I have given them all the hill country around Mount Seir as their property, and I will not give you even one square foot of their land. If you need food to eat or water to drink, pay them for it. For the Lord your God has blessed you in everything you have done. He has watched your every step through this great wilderness. During these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have lacked nothing. So we bypassed the territory of our relatives, the descendants of Esau who lived in Seir. We avoided the road through the Arabah Valley that comes up from the Elath and Ezan Geber. Then we turned north along the desert route through Moab. The Lord warned us, Do not bother the Moabites, the descendants of Lot, or start a war with them. I have given them Ar as their property, and I will not give you any of their land. A race of giants called the Emites had once lived in the area of Ar. They are as strong and numerous and as tall as the Anagites, another race of giants. Both the Emites and the Anagites are also known as Rephites, though the Moabites call them Emites. In earlier times, the Horites had lived in Seir, but they were driven out and displaced by the descendants of Esau, just as Israel drove out the people of Canaan when the Lord gave Israel their land. Moses continued, Then the Lord said to us, Get moving. Cross the Zerid Brook. So we crossed the brook. Thirty-eight years passed from the time we first left Kadesh Barnea until we finally crossed the Zerid Brook. By then, all the men old enough to fight in battle had died in the wilderness as the Lord had vowed would happen. The Lord struck them down until they had all been eliminated from the community. When all the men of fighting age had died, the Lord said to me, Today you will cross the border of Moab at Ar, and then the land of the Ammonites, the descendants of Lot. But do not bother them or start a war with them. I have given the land of Ammon to them as their property, and I will not give you any of their land. That area was once considered the land of the Raphites, who lived there, though the Ammonites called them Zazamanites. They were also as strong and as numerous and as tall as the Anagites, but the Lord destroyed them so the Ammonites could occupy their land. He had done the same for the descendants of Esau, who lived in Seir, for he had destroyed the Horites so they could settle there in their place. The descendants of Esau live there to this day. A similar thing happened when the Kaphtarites from Crete invaded and destroyed the Avites, who had lived in villages in the area of Gaza. 
Moses continued. Then the Lord said, Now get moving. Cross the Arnon Gorge. Look, I will hand over to you Sion the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and I will give you his land. Attack him and begin to occupy the land. Beginning today, I will make people throughout the earth terrified because of you. When they hear reports about you, they will tremble with dread and fear. Moses continued, From the wilderness of Kedemoth, I sent ambassadors to King Sion of Heshbon with this proposal of peace. Let us travel through your land. We will stay on the main road and won't turn off to the fields on either side. Sell us food to eat and wire to drink, and we will pay for it. All we want is permission to pass through your land. The descendants of Esau, who lived in Seir, allowed us to go through their country, and so did the Moabites, who live in Ar. Let us pass through until we cross the Jordan into the land the Lord our God has given us. But King Sion of Heshbon refused to let us pass through, because the Lord your God made Sion stubborn and defiant, so he could help you defeat him as he is now done. Then the Lord said to me, Look, I have begun to hand King Sion and his land over to you. Begin now to conquer and occupy his land. Then King Sion declared war on us and mobilized his forces at Jahaz. But the Lord our God handed him over to us, and we crushed him, his sons, and all his people. We conquered all his towns and completely destroyed everyone, men, women, and children. Not a single person was spared. We took all the livestock as plunder for ourselves, along with anything of value from the towns we ransacked. The Lord our God also helped us conquer Aurora on the edge of the Arnon Gorge and the town in the gorge and the whole area as far as Gilead. No town had walls too strong for us. However, we avoided the land of the Ammonites all along the Jabbok River and the towns in the hill country, all the places the Lord our God had commanded us to leave alone. Next, we turned and headed for the land of Basham, where, the, where King Og and his entire army attacked us at Edrai. But the Lord told me, Do not be afraid of him, for I have given you victory over Og and his entire army, and I will give you all his land. Treat him as you treated King Sion of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon. So the Lord our God handed King Og and all his people over to us, and we killed them all. Not a single person survived. We conquered all 60 of his towns, including the entire Ardbob region in his kingdom of Bashan. Not a, king, not a single town escaped our conquest. These towns were all fortified with high walls and barred gates. We also took many unwalled villages at the time. At the same time, we completely destroyed the kingdom of Bashan, just as we had destroyed King Siam of Heshbon. We destroyed all the people in every town we conquered, men, women, and children alike. But we kept all the livestock for ourselves and took plunder from all the towns. So we took the land of the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, all the way from the Arnon Gorge to Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is called Siron by the Sidonites, and Amorites call it Sinir. We had now conquered all the cities on the plateau and all Gilead and Bashan as far as the towns of Selka and Edrai, which are part of Og's kingdom in Bashan. King Og of Bashan was the last survivor of the giant Raphites. His bed was made of iron and was more than 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. It can still be seen in the Ammonite city of Rabbah. When we took possession of this land, I gave to the tribes of Reuben and Gad the territory beyond the Arar along the Arnon Gorge and plus half of the hill country of Gilead with its towns. Then I gave the rest of Gilead and all of Bashan, Og's former kingdom, to the half-tribe of Manasseh. This entire Ogbog, Argob region of Bashan used to be known as the land of the Rephites. Jair, a leader from the tribe of Manasseh, conquered the whole Argob region in Bashan all the way to the border of the Gersherites and Magathites. Jair named this region after himself, calling it Towns of Jair, as it is still known today. I gave Gilead to the clan of Machir, but I also gave part of Gilead to the tribes of Reuben and Gad. The area I gave them extended from the middle of the Arnon Gorge in the south to the Jabbok River on the Ammonite frontier. They also received the Jordan Valley all the way from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea, with the Jordan River serving as western boundary. To the east were the slopes of Pisgah. 
At that time, I gave this command to the tribes that would live east of the Jordan. Although the Lord your God has given you this land as your property, all your fighting men must cross the Jordan ahead of your Israelite relatives, armed and ready to assist them. Your wives, children, and numerous livestock, however, may stay behind in the towns I have given you. When the Lord has given security to the rest of the Israelites, as he has to you, and when they occupy the land the Lord your God is giving them across the Jordan River, then you may all return to the land I have given you. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.